Now let's talk about the sermon today. The title for the sermon, uh, let me ask someone. Crystal, do you know the title? No, 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 don't, don't look, don't look. Do you know the title? Anybody? Jim, you know the title. You read the bulletin every day. Soap opera for the last days. Wow. Yeah, that's a different kind of title. And yes, that's, that's the title. And you probably were thinking, what kind of title is that? And let me tell you before I keep moving with the sermon, something about soap operas. How many of you watch soap opera? Not right now. How many used to watch soap opera? Look at you. There. Now. Well, that's good. Okay, I guess. You know, that's good. Uh, by 1990, more than 30 million people, 17% of all the people in the United States uh, used to watch soap operas. And 7% of them were men. So that's very interesting. We usually think only women watch soap opera. Well, by the 1990, uh, soap opera, the name soap opera, uh, used to be, I mean, is soap opera because back in those days when they create this whole idea about having uh, a drama thing and radio or TV, the ones who used to sponsor the soap operas used to be companies who used to make soap. And they usually do it during, I mean, during the day, and because it was soap that has to do with ladies who wash the clothes, the focus was trying to reach those people. Interesting. That's why soap opera. I always was wondering about that. Uh, let's see. There are two kinds of different soap operas. The open and the closed. The open soap operas and the closed soap operas. The closed ones are the Hispanic ones. The ones that you start one week and after 13, 30 weeks, you have a finish, an ending. The open one is the one that you are still hearing today here in America. Like after years and years and years, and you probably remember some of those names. Well, they are still around. If you turn on your TV in the morning, they are there. The idea behind soap operas is just bringing this, uh, the, the, the emphasis in family life, personal relationships, emotional and moral conflicts, Characters are generally more attractive and seductive, glamorous and wealthy than the typical person watching the show. You know, isn't that interesting? Close soap operas, if you remember that series, uh, uh, series uh, Dynasty, you remember that series at night, Dynasty and, and uh, Dallas, that was a close soap opera. And remember, they were all rich people. You didn't have that much money. You were like, wow, and they look good. So let's just remember a few names, and then we are going to start with the sermon. And maybe some of these names you are going to recognize because you watch it, but you just didn't raise your hand. General Hospital, One Life to Live, All My Children, Days of Our Lives. Now let's go back to those names again. And let's try to relate these names maybe to your life, a spiritual life mixed with emotional and all those things in your life. General Hospital. I can say, well, Ron is a, is a doctor. Oh, General Hospital. One life to live. Pastor, one life to live. All my children. Oh, you don't know my kids. You don't know my kids. Days of our lives. Mm, all the things that are happening right now. Why am I bringing all of this? What's the whole meaning behind bringing the soap operas ideas to this sermon? 
Well, it goes together with the title again, Soap Opera for the Last Days. What happened at these days, you know very clearly as Adventists, we are living the last days. Financially, everything is going, so far looks really bad. And you are not supposed to be afraid or surprised by that. Because you know something like that is going to happen. Maybe it's this time. You need to be aware of that. Things that are happening in politics. Things that are happening around the world. We are living the last days. But you know what happened? Even that we are living the last days and we believe as Adventists that we are living the last days, we keep living our lives just like a soap opera. We are kind of like worried about all my children. What's going on here? You don't understand, Pastor. This thing is happening. You just don't get it. They forget about me. They, they, they say these big words that they're not supposed to be saying. Or we just keep living about this life of conflicts. And we keep remind, I mean, remembering all these problems that we have. And we like to live that life day after day as Adventists in the last days. And you know what happened? That kind of mentality is going to make us forgive and not remember the goal and why Jesus Christ has called us in these days. And if we go, you open your Bible and look chapter 24, verse 38 and 39. We are going to find that for all of those people, including you or my soul, or for all of those people who are up there, and they keep living those lives kind of like a soap opera life, that they have problems, they don't know what to do, you know, economic problems at home, financial problems, that's what I mean, uh, uh, family problems, all of those things. There is a solution. But we keep forgetting about that. Luke chapter 24, verse 38, Jesus said, he said to them, to his disciples, Why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do doves rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. Is it, it is I myself touch and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. You know what happened? We are losing track in these last days that we have a Jesus Christ who is alive. Too bad I didn't hear amen. Let me repeat that. We are losing track. We have forgotten that we have a Jesus who is alive. Amen. And you know why are you saying amen? Is my question. You see, his message is not alive. Pastor, what are you talking about? We keep preaching his message and we keep saying it's alive. No, it's not about his message being alive. It's not about the Bible being alive, I mean, alive after so many years going through different ages and problems and still we have the Bible. It's not about any of that, but it's about a Jesus Christ who stands in front of his disciples and said, touch me, I am alive. I'm not an, a spirit. I'm not something like a ghost. I'm not an idea that sounds good. I am alive. And the problem is that we keep living as a way that we just think he's good. Oh, he's coming. He is alive, brothers and sisters. Isn't that great? Yeah. 
you know, it's time to start believing that the same Christ that died for your sins and mine resurrected so you can be saved, so I can be saved, so we can say that he is coming back again for you and me. But when we don't believe that he is alive physically, that he is really alive in my life, when, when, when I don't recognize that he physically is not there anymore and he's coming soon again, if we don't recognize any of that, we are going to have some problems. Some problems that at these days we are going through. And one of those problems, just go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. One of those problems when you don't recognize that that Jesus Christ who is alive, you know, is real. If you go to Matthew 5, you are going to recognize those verses. And Matthew chapter 5, you are going to recognize verse number 11 all the way to 16, what the Bible said. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is not longer good for anything except for to be thrown out and what? Trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city in a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamb and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you are lights who shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. When we don't believe that that Jesus Christ is real and is alive in these last days, when we don't believe that he has resurrected to fix your problems, to bring peace to you, we start losing the flavor, we start losing the light that we are supposed to be. So we can say, or I can say, well, who cares if you are an Adventist, if you don't have the light, on, you know, the light coming from the source who is Jesus Christ and is supposed to be living here. It doesn't matter if you know everything about God. It doesn't matter if you know anything, I mean, everything about the last day. If you don't have that person who gives you the flavor, how can this world be different if we are not different? How can everybody else see that there is hope in Jesus Christ if we don't act and we don't see and we don't feel the hope in our own lives? How can we do that? When we don't recognize Jesus being real, being alive, this is one of these problems. This is one of the problems. We forgive who we are. We forgive all of our identity. But that's not only it. Go to Matthew chapter 28. And you also are going to recognize that. Matthew chapter 28, the last part of that, of that chapter is going to say something that you are going to remember. Matthew chapter 28, verse, verses 18 all the way to the end. And we know that as the Great Commission. When you don't know, we don't, you don't recognize that, that Jesus Christ is alive, you are not going to know who you are, and you are going to forgive the mission that you have on this planet. You're going to forget the mission that you have as a person and the mission that you have as a church. 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority 
in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is a command for you here when we are alive. It's not a command to you, I mean, for you and me when we get to heaven. All the authority has been given to me, he says. And because I have all the authority, it's time for you to receive my authority. And it's time for you to go out there and do ministry. And do what you are supposed to be doing. Preaching the gospel. I remember having a conversation with a few brothers and sisters and we were talking about that. What is gospel really? Oh, we say the good news. And then we said, what are the good news? And everybody's kind of like thinking, what is the good news? What is the good news is my question to you and me. Do we get confused what the good news is all about? If we remember, we remember the good news being in the, in, in the Bible, these angels appearing to who? To the shepherds and saying, I have good news for you. Do you remember those good news? And remember what those good news are? That someone has been born. That came to save, came to forgive, came to die for the sins of, I mean, for your sins and mine. Those are the good news. Those are my own words, my own version. He came to die for you and me, to forgive all of your sins. And suddenly we are forgetting about that. We are forgetting our mission. We have to go out there and preach. Why is that? Because we are forgetting about the person. And I'm going to keep preaching about the person because it seems to be that in these last days, that person is being lost. The message is being alive. The message, we put it up, I mean, up here. We have the message. This is the message. We know the message. But the person is being lost by the message. What's going on is the question. I repeat, and I'm going to read again. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We have to go out there, brothers and sisters. There are out there people who don't know that Jesus Christ can change their lives. But we are going to be able to do that if he has changed our lives. If he hasn't changed our lives and we are here just because we know him, but we don't act like he is the one controlling our lives, we're not going to do anything. But it's not only that. In Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, we are going to read something that happened and also you remember. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, after Jesus got everybody together, let's put it that way, everybody followed him, and he was going up in the sky, up there. He was ready to go up in the sky. He said to them, 
says, he said to them, verse 7, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. He keeps saying, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? He comes to you and he said, you are going to receive the power. Do not worry like maybe many others who are trying to find out when is exactly the day that I'm going to, you know, maybe come. Or the day that I need to know in order to change the day before my life, before he comes. You have to do something if you are alive and if you are waiting for his second coming. You and I have to work. We have to move on in life. We have to move and we have to do the things that God or that Jesus commanded us to do. But you know what happened? I don't know. I don't know if you, if you, uh, if you, you probably know this. When, when you go in the middle of the night to, to, to the forest and you see those beautiful gray rabbits with big ears, long ears, running and jumping everywhere. And it's funny because when you're driving in Loma Linda, they used to have a lot, a lot of that before they built a new, uh, what's the name, Memorial Centennial, Centennial, whatever building. In that place, they used to have a lot of bunny rabbits. Remember, honey, we used to drive there, and they all come out. But when the lights came to them, they do something. Do you remember? What do they do? They stop. That's all they do. They see the lights, and kind of like something happened, like, you know, if you're going to put some special effects to that, it's like, toing. And it's funny because you get closer and closer with the truck and the lights, and it's like, they don't move. And if the light is, I mean, the light is strong enough, you can even get really close. And by the moment they get, they, they get to see, then they run. But when they see the light, they're kind of like, they, they just don't move. And that's very much what happened with these disciples. Jesus Christ was going away. He was practically telling them, hey, do your work, do your ministry, do the things that I have, come, I have commanded you to do. And then the next verse after that, uh, after he said this, he was taken up before their own, I mean, very own eyes. Verse number 10, they were looking, how do you pronounce that? Intent, intensely? That's close enough. You have your Bible, right? You better, that's why you have to bring your Bibles here. Looking up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, they say, why do you stand here looking up the sky? That sounds like Adventists. We know the light is coming. We know Jesus Christ is coming. We're like, wow. Wow. And God has to send angels. God has to send somebody else to tell them, hey, wake up. What? What are you doing there standing? This same Jesus is coming back the same way he went away. For now, remember your job. You have work to do, don't we? We have work to do. You know, 
I don't know if you remember the first day you saw your wife, if you're married now, the first time when you guys were young, maybe. I don't know. Some of us, man, maybe we just open our mouth kind of like, wow, she's cute. And we just stay with that big mouth open, you know, looking at this beautiful girl. And then after working so hard, you just say the right thing and you go there, will you marry me? And she says, yes. Wow. And you're kind of like, you know, you don't even move. Like, wow. Is that what usually happens? When, you know, that that happened to many of us sometimes. We just, wow. But you know what happened after that girl says to you, yes? You go around and you start start just spreading the, the, the news. I have a girlfriend. You don't get there like, wow. Can we go home now? Wow. You move. You have been impressed. You have been touched by what happened. Jesus Christ has died for you and me. And he has shown you his wounds. And he has told you and me, touch me. Don't stay there. Touch me. Look, look. I have flesh. And ow. Ow. I'm alive. I have bones. I am here. I am alive. Why don't you live as he is alive today? Why don't we do work as he is alive today? Why don't we talk to others as he is alive today? Why do we have to keep talking and doing things as he is just a good and beautiful idea. He's not an idea. He's not something created from Disneyland, beautiful. He is real. And he wants you, he wants you to believe he is alive. He wants you to start believing who you are. Once you know that, you know that you are here to give flavor to the community. You are here to be a light to your neighborhood. You are here to just do the thing that he's commanded to you. Go and preach the gospel. It's time to move on. It's time to move on, brothers and sisters. I remember one sister one day, she said to me, and she was watching a a soap opera. It was funny. And she said to me, something happened. I think it was a phone call or something. And she said, she was like, ah, you know what? I'm tired of these words. You know, everything is just pain, this and that. Look, I'm sick. You know, I'm tired of this world. I wish and I know that when the Lord is going to come, everything is going to be over. He's like, so the solution to your problems is the second coming of Christ? Well, you know, that not that the whole point? No, no, that's not the whole point. The solution to your problems and my problems are not the second coming of Christ. That's the result. The solution to your problems and my problems is to believe, have faith in Jesus Christ. He is the solution to your problems and my problems. That person that you are going to adopt and say, wow, I love this Jesus Christ, he's going to come back soon, but that's, that's, that is going to happen What is happening right now is what matters. 
What is happening right now in your life and my life? What is it? You still being using the idea of the second coming as a solution? As something to look forward? I want to look forward to having Christ in my life. I'm going to struggle with that idea, and I'm going to fail many times, but I'm going to get up because I know I have a Christ who loves me, who came to die for me and you. Isn't that great? It's time to stop playing soap operas in our lives. And you know what I'm talking about. When we have Christians going around like, yeah, todo está mal, everything is bad, no, nothing is good, look at this, I don't have here, I don't have there, everything is wrong in their lives. But then they're coming here to church to praise the Lord. And after they leave that door, again, everything is bad and there. That's a soap opera, drama. Don't we know something better? Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is coming soon. I hope that he comes in my time, just like my grandpa used to say. I know. I hope he comes in my time, which is going to be your time. (laughs) And for many of you, you know, believe me, it's going to be your time. I wish that he comes soon. But until then, we have work to do. Don't miss that point. Don't miss that mission. We have work to do. It's not about the conflicts in your life. It's not about the conflicts in this church. It's about Jesus Christ coming to your life and my life. It's about him. And he is real. More than you think. He loves you. He loves you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today, this Sabbath day, we want to praise your name because you are alive. We want to praise your name because the day you resurrected, you changed everything for humanity. You did your part. Help us. Give us the courage to do ours. Help us to understand what we need to know first before everything else. Help us to understand that first so we can do the ministry and we can send the message of your second coming the way it's supposed to be. Help us, O Lord. Help us because... We make many mistakes. We fail many times. But you know better. You know this church. And you know our hearts. Forgive all of our sins. And help us to focus. Again. In what we have to do in these last days. There are people being lost. There are people dying. People suffering. People who don't know 
what the Bible says about your son. People who don't know that that Jesus Christ is alive. And if he is alive, he's alive in me and he's changing my life. They need to know by me, by my testimony, that Jesus Christ is alive and he's coming soon. Thank you because you love us so much that you give us opportunity after opportunity, chance after chance. Be with us. Be with this church. Be with our work and help us find the way to reach as many people as we can with the message. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.